You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is the Sober Podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. You can always find the show notes, some posts, and all of my other tools over on decidedlydry.substack.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, hey, you guys, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you, and you might remember her name because she actually has been on the show before. So today, I have Heather Lowe, and Heather is the founder of Ditched the Drink. Ditch the Drink is a wellness company dedicated to helping professionals move away from alcohol and towards their highest selves. Heather is a certified professional life coach and a recovery coach. And you might be asking, wait a minute, Jess, why would you have someone back on? I mean, that's awesome, of course. But what are we going to talk about if she's already shared her sober story? Well, great question, my friend. (laughs) She is going to come on today and talk to us about finding your purpose. And I just, I mean, I adore Heather. I love this subject. And I know that you are going to have so many takeaways from our chat. So I will make sure to not only just skip over to this episode, but also have a link to her original episode in the show notes below so that you can link back to a different episode where you will hear her share her original sober story when she came on um, our podcast here originally. So just a quick reminder before we push play on our chat, if you have not subscribed to my new Substack page, I would highly, highly recommend it because just in a few days here, I am going to be releasing some really fun stuff for my paid customers over there. I shouldn't say paid customers, paid subscribers. It is just $5 a month to subscribe, but I am going to begin really, really sharing some awesome tools over there, including a fall challenge, a wellness challenge, some journal prompts, recipes, so much more fun stuff. So if you haven't subscribed, here's your sign. Head over to the link in the show notes below. All right, with that being said, here's Heather. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Decidedly Dry. Today, she doesn't know this yet, but I am going to let her know, and you as well, I have my first repeat guest on. Heather, you have been invited back to the Decidedly Dry show. (laughs) Oh, sit down, sit down, everybody. Stop the applause. I know. Quiet down, everybody. (laughs) Um, no, I am so excited to have you back on selfishly. I just, I love these conversations. It's like hanging out with a bestie again. Um, but I was so excited that you agreed to come back on to not only just kind of give us an update on all the things, but to talk about some really great topics, which we're going to dive into. So thank you, Heather, for being here. Love it. Honestly, thank you. I did not know that. So that's a really happy surprise for me. So I appreciate that. And I too, I'm just like, so happy to reconnect with you. It just feels like a friendly conversation about what we talk about and we get to hit record this time. So it's cool. 
I know. For those of you listening, this is always what happens when we do kind of our pre-chat before I hit the record button. And I always have to be like, oh, we have to stop talking. Like, this is all stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> so we are, um, I don't know, I think I'm speaking for both of us. I'm excited we hit record so we can really dive in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And some things are changed and updated since we last talked. So that's why with a topic of purpose, this mm-hmm. is like a, per- a perfect segue to of of the things that have changed since we've last spoke for me and I think for you too. So I'm looking 100%. forward to it. Yes. Well, Heather, I would love for, I mean, I'm assuming because of that loud applause everybody just gave you that they all know who you are. But for those that are tuning in and don't have the privilege of knowing who you are, why don't you let listeners know, you know, what you do, where you live, how long you've been sober? Yeah, I love it. So um I am from Wisconsin and I graduated college in Wisconsin. I met my husband in a bar, of course. My parents met in a beer tent. So um, that's all very on brand for Wisconsin. But here I am now living sober in Chicago with my husband of over 20 years. And I want to say our two teenage daughters, but my oldest just left for college this fall. Actually, she's just done her first three weeks at Mizzou which is awesome. And she's loving and we're flying her home this weekend for the first time. So I'm super excited about that. And then my little one is a sophomore in high school. So still my baby, even though she's a high school sophomore, I got sober five and a half years ago now, which is such a huge, big milestone and number. And it was after a lifetime of drinking, just totally Mm -hmm. normalized drinking. It's the Wisconsin way. It's the college way. It's the mommy way. I also had jobs, which I think we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, My degree was in social work, and I very quickly switched to sales and human resources. So most of my career, I sold HR solutions locally, nationally, and globally. When I got sober, I couldn't go back to those jobs. And so I started Ditch the Drink. So I've got my own company. I'm a certified sober coach. I'm a certified life coach. I've got a million credentials behind my name. But anyways, I do one-on-one coaching. I have a digital class. I have a community membership. Um, the thing that's changed, some of those, uh, the membership might be new since last time we chatted, but the newest thing, my newest offering is now I'm coaching coaches. Mm. I've, um, I have a new digital class to help. Co- I've always recruited coaches and I've always done like workplace training and I've always been a mentor to coaches, but now I just launched an actual course, digital course to teach people that want to make like their alcohol-free lifestyle a business or a career for them and how to do that. So in creating that class, we started with the most important thing, which is mindset, because if we want something, it has to be a thought first. So I did all this digging, deep dive, researching into thinking and and having a mindset and purpose and what you want. And I'll be honest, I'll be, this is completely honest. Um, I thought if I have this other class, then I can maybe write a book, which is what I wanted Mm. to do. And helpful and I can write a book. And in the middle of it, I I realized myself, if I'm doing this for money and revenue, this isn't going to work. Money, that cannot be a purpose for me. And so I was kind of going through the motions at first in building this course of like, just so I could maybe like have passive income or something like that. And um, it took a big pause because I had to say to myself, do you want to coach coaches? Do you want to be shifting in that way? And I ultimately decided that, yes, I do. And so I dove back in with a bigger heart 
and a bigger purpose in what I actually wanted to create in this class. Because going through the motions and teaching the thing and having the outcome be revenue would never be enough for me. That would never be good enough for me. And you know what? No one would buy it. No one would buy that. Nobody would buy it if they thought I was selling something to make money and that's it, right? Right. So I, I had a personal journey in developing this class. And then also it's something that I'm teaching and I wouldn't be able to teach unless I've been through something myself. And as you can hear, I've had some career shifts in that. So when this topic of purpose came up, it was like the timing is so right. Yeah. And I'm helping people who are called to do something and teaching them ways to do it. But it all starts with, your heart, right? Like where you're really at. And for a really long time, I did things that did not sing my soul and I was okay at them and I made money at them and it, it was not right for me. So I'm really grateful to be in the work that I'm doing now and getting sober was the catalyst to make that happen, right? Like I could only do the things I'd always wanted to do. I could only make, these are like my childhood dreams come true doing what I'm doing now. And it was sobriety that, that led me here. Yeah. So that's probably a longer background than you were asking for, but (laughs) there it is. (laughs) There it is. That's the post. I know there's a show. Thanks for listening guys. Um, no, I love that so much. And you can hear the passion and the excitement just in the way that you describe it. So that was so awesome to hear you talk about it because, you know, when we have those big questions, like, what am I doing with my life? What is my purpose? Like, what am I passionate about? Like, I felt that when you were describing it. So I think you passed your class, you know, that you would be (laughs) giving yourself. But, um, and those of you listening, I do want to backtrack and just say that Heather was on, like I said, a previous episode, and she tells her whole sober story in that beautiful episode. So if you're curious about, you know, that phase of her life or that chapter, I will have that linked in the show notes because, that will be an equally as enjoyable episode. So you can get more of a background from her there. But um, Heather already kind of touched on why I had her back on the show, not only to to just hang out with my friend, but also to just talk about that big word purpose. Because I think with Decidedly Dry, for those of you that have been listening lately, we're kind of doing this shift where we're still talking about not drinking because that is forever going to be our foundation. You know, that is what kind of brought us here. But now we're talking about these other things like, you know, self-care and purpose and, and all of those big things. So I invited Heather to come on because girlfriend said that she had just finished a module and, and this was her jam right now. So what I'd love us to talk about is, and whatever you want to share, Heather, now I'm doing all the talking, but like, if there are people that have just maybe asked that big question of, I don't think alcohol serving me and maybe they've removed it. And now they're just feeling lost. Like, mm-hmm. who am I? What do I do now? Like, maybe I've lost this part of me. Like, I don't feel like I have really much of the same identity anymore. Are they kind of going down this new road? And have you seen this kind of in people that you've worked with where they're asking these big questions now when they've made this change? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful and full circle for me because I have this whole client life cycle now. So um, careful if you get into my web, you'll never leave. Right? <laughs> like, um, I help people get sober. And so I love this and I am my own worst critic, Jess. And I would never want to brag about myself or anything like that. But I can tell you 
holding somebody's hand through early sobriety, I am very, very good at. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've trained and practiced and it's a gift that I have. Um, I'm going to, I'm an EQ emotional quotient genius. I don't know if that's a thing, but, uh, I took a test in college and my professor was like, I've never seen anybody score this high. You're so much higher than me. And she was the director chair and wanted to, you know, do whatever with this, that she had this prize student, which since I've learned is actually somebody who it's not always a positive thing to be an EQ genius, because it means at a young age, you were very aware of your surroundings. So overly aware. I mean, it could mean that it could mean overly aware and also maybe trying to manipulate a situation for protection or something like that. Mm. Right. With like, and for me, my parents divorced by the time I was two years old. So I wanted my parents to be okay. My mom to be okay. My dad to be okay. I was the only child to divorce in both sides of the family. And, um, I wanted to be perfect and I wanted everybody to know that everything was okay and I needed everything to be okay. So I think that's how I developed mm. this skill of reading people and sitting with people. And it's like a sixth sense I have, right. It, and a, a very strong intuition about things, which is of course, probably why I went into social work with a big heart and on an Enneagram, um, a helper number two is was always very high, um, along with number one, perfectionist and number three, high achieving. So, but this helper piece, so high. So helping people is my, like that fills my cup. That's what I want to do. Um, I very quickly left social work though, because if I couldn't, I recognized quickly, if I couldn't change policy or write policy, I wasn't changing things on a bigger enough scale. I was sort of just perpetuating a system that was broken essentially. And it, it didn't feel good enough for me. And, and writing policy was not something I wanted to do. And I wasn't making enough money. So I went into human resources and I got certified that way, thinking I could help people in a corporate environment. Plus I got a big ego from that. I kept moving up. I got, Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten to sales, you know, all these things. Um, But just because you, I I think one clue about who you want to be is like um, your childhood, who Mm -hmm. you've always been, right? So I was always meant to be a helper and working with people. And that is my zone of genius, I would say. And so um, through the years, even though I was doing sales and I was also drinking a lot, I was the only female on a lot of all male sales teams. It felt like part of the job in all this. Um, it never felt, it was giving me ego. It was giving me status and it was giving me money. But so that felt like a good enough reason to stay. But after getting sober, it's like, I learned to tune in and listen to myself. And I was actually between jobs and I was about to get offers for those same similar type jobs that I had had. And it never sung my soul. Hmm. It never did. And so that's when how I started Ditch the Drink. And I started with wanting an option for people, if they were like me, that were too afraid of rehab, too afraid of AA, another option for them. So I put the resources together in a class. But anyways, I have, I can tell that I'm a really good coach helping people through early Mm -hmm. sobriety, right? Like I've been successful at that a lot of times, but my clients grow and they get sober. So then I am also a life coach. So I say they come for the recovery coaching and they stay for the life coach. <laughs> so they get sober and then they're like, well, now what? What if I don't know if I can yeah. swear? Shoot. Oh, shoot. What about my relationship? What about my career? Like now that I'm sober, I don't fit into anything in my life. Or if I'm going to create a life I don't escape from, I have to make all these changes, friendships, relationships, boundaries, you know, the drill. So they're like, um, so then they do the life coaching with me. Then they make those changes. Then they're like, I want to be a coach. Like all of us, the hero's <laughs> journey is like, 
when you get a taste of this beauty and freedom and sobriety, you want to turn around and hold out your hand Absolutely. and pull the next person through. I think a lot of us feel that way. So then the coaches, I'm like, okay, great. I've got a program to certify you. It's not a dish to drink program. It's an international association of professional recovery coaching. It's a um, international coach federation accredited program. So it's the real deal, but I partner yeah. with them. So I'm like, here, get your coach training. Yeah. So they, they're coach training and they're like, this is it. This is exactly it. And they're like, we want to be helpers too. Right. But we don't know how to run a business because we've never mm-hmm. done it. And so I'm like, that's where I was. I wanted to help people, but I don't, I had never done, I had always worked for somebody. And actually I always did what somebody else told me to do. Mm. And that's where I knew I wasn't fitting in. So for anybody listening here, who's doing this robot job day in and day out, and they're feeling it's not right for them. You can listen to it. Like it was all these experiences of mine. I was reporting to people where I didn't agree with their ethics. Mm. I was reporting to people and they weren't doing what, I, I mean, I even had big titles and I had teams of, um, 20 people reporting to me and I was the boss and I had a big title. I was the director. Right. And, um, but to my higher ups, I'd say, this is who we should hire. This is who we should train. This is who we should fire. And, um, they wouldn't list. They, they tell me what they wanted me to do. And then I'd go do it. Right. Even when I disagreed. So I was, I, I wasn't able to listen to myself. It wasn't good for my career to have my own opinions. So I got used to doing what people told me what to do. So anyways, to become my own owner of a business, I had never done this before. Hmm. I always worked for somebody. And so it took some fine tuning to go back and listen to my intuition. But the beautiful thing is, and this might be female energy too, but I run my business on my intuition. My intuition is my business sense. I get to do it my way now. So if, if I got a feeling about something, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter what boxes it ticks or doesn't tick. I know what's right for me and my business. And I had to really grow into that power of listening, yeah, listening to myself and doing it. So anyway, so now I teach coaches the the annoying things that you have to do, like technology and accounting. Stuff Ew, like that. no. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm not going to like sell a com- like an infomercial here about coaching. There's certainly <laughs> love to do, but most of the time it allows me to do what I want to do. And then I get to do it how I want to do it and work mm-hmm. how I want to do it. Right. And take a break and take a walk when I wanted to take a break, because also with these big jobs and young kids. And I in a house that was filling up with laundry and no groceries, I was having a really hard time burning the candle on both ends. And that's part of what ramped up my drinking. So yeah. Um, so getting into this is basically what I'm saying is it, a lot of people, when they find freedom from something or they overcome anything or they have this transition in their life, want to turn around and help other people through mm-hmm. it. That is a very common hero's journey and it's beautiful. And the evolution of me and my career and my business has been organic for my clients to continue to serve them. And it's just awesome. My clients are coaches now, right? It's just so beautiful. That's so amazing. Just this beautiful, organic community that you've built of helpers, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what a legacy. And I think through all of that, I loved everything you had to say. But one of the big things that I took away is a lot of times we don't know it, but we have to go through the things and, you know, the hard times, the hard chapters, basically all the things that we know is not our purpose, right? To find our purpose, you know? It's like I look back on even 
my wine drinking days. And it's kind of like, you know, I think you hit a point where it's like, oh man, I just wish I hadn't have started. But then you stop yourself and you're like, no, 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 no. Like I am where I am today. And I'm as strong as I am today because of what I went through. Mm. And so do you think there's some truth to that where you have to figure out what your purpose is not, you know, to find your true purpose? For sure. Not for me. What's not for me? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Here's the other thing. Guess what? You're not for everyone and you're not for right. everything. And that's a hard thing for me because I want to be, I want to be loved and adored by everyone. And I want to meet every need out there. Right. But yeah, recognizing what's not for you is a huge, it's a huge step. And I've heard this. I think this is kind of funny and true that you make decisions with your head, your heart, your gut, or your groin. And so if you are listening to your body, right, (laughs) where's showing up for you and what does for you feel like and what Mm -hmm. does not for you feel like? And I always say, like, pay attention to how you feel when you walk away from someone. Are you uplifted? Do you feel lighter or do you feel like you have to take a shower? Like that was such an icky conversation or whatever. So your body will tell you if you're paying attention. And if you are on a journey of some people call recovery, I call it discovery. Um, You're on a self-discovery journey, you're learning to tune in and listen to yourself and your body will tell you, but your childhood is clues. So uh, like for people, I always, and here's the other thing, if you want to be like, a, like there's a million ways to um, turn your mess into your message, right? Whatever that is. And for you, that is like podcasting and writing for me, that is coaching and coaching coaches. There's a lot of different avenues to go mm-hmm. through and what you would like and what you would be good at your childhood would be uh, clues to that. Like I was awarded awards for speech contests and poetry contests because I like to write and I like to speak. So, I mean, I think it's amazing, like get paid to talk. Yeah. Like that's so cool. <laughs> like, right. Talk, if it said talk too much during class, then podcasting is for you. Right? Like, <laughs> there's definitely ways of your child, what you were good at and what you were awarded for, where you kind of stood out, you know, and again, for me, it was like having the sixth sense about people and their feelings and, mm-hmm. and how to help. So those would be clues to your purpose, but when you know what not your purpose is. And for me, it was always that like, you know, like, um, like talking to a supervisor who I would say, I think this is what we should do. And they would shut me down and tell me what to do. And I would go back. Like I have to fire this person of no fault of their own. Yeah. I I disagree with this decision. I don't think we trained them appropriately. I don't think that's their fault. I think that's our fault. And now I'm having to let this person go. Right. It doesn't feel right to me. So if you're tuning in, you will know what is right for you. And, um, the journey, the, the, the thing is it's an awakening. So I'm really grateful for my addiction and it took me a while to get here. I did not feel this way in the first year, probably, Mm -hmm. but I would be living like a robot. I would just be going through the motions without it. And it has, it took, and my bottom was a high bottom by any means, you know, so it's not like, but it took something that much to be screaming at me for me to wake up, for me to wake up and live my life. And I live in a waking life and it's only because I had a problem with alcohol that has Mm -hmm. forced me to do it. I mean, I think most of us just float along unless we're faced with something. It could be an illness or it could be an addiction or everybody's got something right. Right. That um, death or something that wakes them up to their life to live. And for me, sobriety woke me up. Mm -hmm. And then I like actually lived my dreams. Like going to Africa was my dream come true. And I did that. 
Yeah. Because I was, I wouldn't have been able to do that as a drinker. Um, ditch the drink, cute little story. I, I don't know if I shared this in our past episode, but I started a little business from my closet in third grade called dare to dream. And I had a little journal that I literally still have. And I wrote dare to dream on the cover. And this was going to be to help people live their best lives by journaling. And I didn't have any clients. My only client was my cat. So now I say I was in the business of having cats live their best life by journaling. (laughs) (laughs) But one day when I started ditch the drink and I started ditch the drink as a passion project, by the way, it was, I I didn't know what it was going to be. It was just a passion project. And I was working in my bonus room, which is a room above the garage off my bedroom, which is also my closet. And I'm typing away. And all of a sudden I was like, ditch the drink, DTD, dare to dream from my closet. Just like my third grade self was running a business from her closet, DTD, my 40 something self is running a business from her closet called DTD. It was my moment and it just affirmed me. It affirmed me like, this is what was always in me. This is what has always been meant to come forth from me. Right. So there's been failures and there's been missteps and there's been up and down and lessons and learning and all that stuff. But this has been meant for me. And I know that and it continues, right? And certainly I start and stop and try things that work and don't and shift and everything. But ultimately this work is like, I really was made for it. And it's changed the gener- the generations up and down in my life, in my family. And it does for my clients too. And I'm so excited to wake up every morning. I'm yeah. so excited to do the work that I do. And I love my clients. I mean, I love witnessing their success. It brings me the most joy. And I I don't think like my husband would be that excited about that. Like he's really excited about global payroll, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, or like my (laughs) dad like would love computers and airplanes or something. But like watching people transform in front of my eyes and holding their hand when they make a different choice for the first time it sings my soul. There's no doubt. It's what's meant for me. So if anybody has that inkling, you have to listen to it. Yeah. You've you've probably ignored it for a long time because it doesn't make sense because you're supposed to have this job and this title and these hours and this thing, because that's the life you've set for yourself. But if you have an inkling of like, there's something I meant to do, you, you already know inside of you, if you really get still and listen you know it. If you're not listening, it's because you're scared. You're Mm -hmm. scared to hear it because what would that mean for your life? If you really did that, what would that mean for your life? And I'll tell you, you got to follow that thread. It will mean beautiful things. You have no idea. You don't have to know all the answers to get started. Yeah. You have to get started. Okay. First of all, you did not share that story um, about from when, from your childhood. That is so, it gave me goosebumps. I loved it so much and I would have remembered it. So I'm so glad that you shared it. Um, And I couldn't agree more. And it made me think of just this past weekend. I'm a huge country music fan. We were at the Dirk Bentley concert and um, I didn't plan on talking about this on here, but there was one line, this one part of the show that really stood out, which is another side note benefit of going to shows, concerts, sober, is you actually hear the message and hear the lyrics and experience it. So if you haven't done a concert sober, highly recommend it. Um, But the whole point of this is there was this one part and he has a song called Living and he goes, look, all of us are here together right now. We're all here and we're alive 
but are we living? And like he encouraged everybody to put their arms up. And it was the first concert with my two boys. So of course I was bawling hysterically because I was so emotional, but (laughs) he goes, but really it's that difference of, you know, kind of what you were saying where you're going through the motions and you're just on autopilot. You're at the job. You feel like you have to, you're drinking the drink because you think that's what everybody does and you're alive, but you're not living. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think just like what you were talking about, where it's like, if you hear that voice, if you've got that feeling, I mean, there's step one, right? Mm-hmm. Like recognize listen to it, it. recognize yeah. it. Yeah. Pay attention. So, wake up and mm-hmm. um, use this as a sign. I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you're going, how'd they know? Like, this is the sign. <laughs> then take it and roll with it. And um, I think that's a great place to start. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Pay attention. And you get started without knowing the next steps, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to get started without knowing the next steps. And I always say it's even kind of like sobriety, like a video game. Like when you complete, when you get up to the top and you save the princess on that screen, the next screen reveals itself, Mm -hmm. right? And the new challenges come, but you get more tools in your backpack. You have more colors and more masks and more uniforms and more helpers and more shooter guides or whatever it is you need for that video game. (laughs) I'm just laughing. Like what, what game is this? No. (laughs) (laughs) So you get uh, more powers, right? Right. So the more powers you go. So just follow the string one little step, you know what I mean? And so it could be signing up for that writing class, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, doing the yoga training or taking a workshop on Reiki massage or whatever it is for you. You know, it could be, it could be setting up a complimentary call with me to learn a more, little bit more about coaching, gathering information, you know, it could be anything, but you can take one step without knowing the full answers. And I didn't predict all of this for myself, right? Mm-hmm. I just taking the next step and then through the years got more and more training and, you know, more and more um, options and tried more and more things but I didn't know what it was going to become, but, and it's not done yet. It's still in process, right? It's still in process. So, but you have to, we only have this one life. Like you said, you have to listen to yourself and do it. So my biggest fear of drinking, which is exactly what you've just said, I was scared. I was going to be a life left unlived. Hmm. And I bet people listening could relate to that. I knew I had something inside of me and I'm somebody who's too much, talks too much, feels too much, one of those people, right? And I know that. That's fine. I've gotten that feedback. It means I'm supposed gotten to shine that feedback. I'm, I'm supposed to shine pretty freaking bright. I'm not one to do what everybody else is doing. Right. I'm not one to fade into the background. And I try. I tried to fit in. I tried to be like everybody else. But you know what? My favorite people are like my favorite characters. They're like the Miss Piggy. They're the Tigger. They're the, you know what I mean? They're the most outgoing, outrageous people. Mm -hmm. And if I love that in somebody else, then I can start to love that about myself. And instead of trying to like beige myself down, trying to make myself more regular, more normal, more less than, why don't I just shine as bright as I freaking can? (laughs) Why don't I I use my voice? Why don't I be doing these things that I talk about wanting to be doing? So Mm -hmm. I do now. I do now. And it's actually been really cute because I've, journaled every single day. Well, starting on day two, um, five and a half years ago when I quit drinking for the last time, because I had quit plenty of times before that. Right. Yeah. And, um, I wrote in my journal every single day. So I'm going back and rereading it now. Mm. And it's like, 
I said I wanted to um, I wanted to be an addictions counselor, I said, which I'm like, okay, pretty close. I wanted to go on um, vacations where I hiked and did yoga. And if you follow me on social media, you know, I'm going on sober hiking retreats as I, I've been in three in the last year. You know, yeah. it's like five and a half years ago, I wrote these things down and I, and, and they've come true. Mm-hmm. They've all come true. And I'm not a life left unlived. And if I was sitting at the end of my hospital bed and I hadn't gone to Africa and I hadn't started ditch to drink and I hadn't, you know, done these, climbed those mountains and saw those sunrises, that would have been a life left unlived. Mm-hmm. But I am living now. And I'll tell you, I think all of our greatest fear is death ultimately, right? Us or somebody that we mm-hmm. love is like the greatest fear. And that's when we wonder about purpose. I can die at any moment and I'm fulfilled. I'm okay with me and my breath now. And I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. So that tells you this is good. This is okay. And the beautiful legacy for my children, for my daughters to be watching me. They're the first to give me a like on social media. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah. Even though like, Oh God, mom and her sober stuff all the damn time. <laughs> <laughs> they love it though. They're my biggest yeah. cheerleaders. So I have left a la- lasting legacy for them and I will always be okay because it's not what you do at the end of your life. It's like what you've been doing all along, how you're living each day in the now. And if it's not speaking to you, you can make a change, right? You can absolutely make a change. And actually you're called to, it's your responsibility to Mm -hmm. your gift is within you. And it's meant to be seen. It's meant to come forth. It's, it's your job to bring forth what's inside of you. And it's unique for everyone. And whatever yours is, it's your job to cultivate that and bring that out. So you, you know, if what you're doing isn't working, there's ways out and it can be gradual and there's like tangible technical things. And in fact, in my class, I talk about um, like, if you want to do this, if you're going to leave a job, things to consider before you leave a job, right. And you could do things part-time. You can have a foot in both worlds. It could be a passion project or a hobby to start. There's Mm -hmm. lots of different ways to do it, but you got to do it. Like I said, you got to follow the thread. You got to take the next step. And you're doing that. You know, you're doing that in a lot of ways. And you don't have to do it like everyone else does. No. And for you, like, you're like, social media is not singing my soul. I don't want to be part of that rat race. I'm going to do something in my way. I'm going to build a community of people that want to hear from me in a more inner circle. Right. Right. Want to tell us a little bit about that, how you've decided what's not for you, let's say. Right. Well, and that's just it. I mean, you nailed it. I'm, I mean, between figuring, like trying things on, you know, trying it on for size, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then finding something else. And I think that can be such a theme throughout your whole life, whether it be quitting drinking or jobs or whatever. But I mean, you just nailed it. I was doing social media because I thought that's what everybody did. You know, that was just part of my life. That was part of how I, I was, um, getting sober. That's how I was connecting with people, inspiring because inspiring and connecting, those are my things. You know, I love to be creative. I love to talk. I love to write. And so all of that was kind of feeling like it needed to be, you know, placed in a certain mold or, or or checking that box. Like everybody tells it, tells us it should, but it wasn't working. And for me, that didn't feel right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, making me feel good. And Mm -hmm. I think, getting sober or removing alcohol 
made me so much more aware of all of those categories, you know, or those things being able to hear and feel when something wasn't working. So well, long story short, um, or maybe long, I found Substack. And so that's just kind of been my platform where I'm like, Hey, now I can actually go on just like you said, and have just a little bit more of an intimate, you know, I don't know, communication or community with people where I can write, I can do my podcast and I can be done. And for me, that's working, you know? And I think that is the goal is just to find things that bring you joy, that help you live and, um, and just check the boxes that work for you, you know? Yeah. I think it's such a good point for me. And another thing I touched on in my classes, easy to transfer addiction from alcohol to workaholism for me. I mean, I can work on it. Why not? And yeah, prove my worth in this way now, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, set myself up for some sort of standard or or failure in telling myself I'm not good enough in a million ways too, because there's always somebody bigger and better than you always. So um, you're never going to grab that golden carrot or whatever it is. So it's a continued learning of like, part of our life is to enjoy our life. Right. You know, it's not just, it's not just be productive. It's not just to produce. It's not just to get our task list done every day. We get to enjoy it and we get to prioritize joy, freedom, taking care of ourselves. Actually, um, I had a therapist who told me I couldn't quit drinking because I would need, um, like a whole day at the spa to give me the relaxation that a glass of wine does. Well, guess what? So I could never do it. Well, guess what? I go to the spa all the freaking time because it is what I need. <laughs> and I don't need wine. You know what I mean? Not I need twist. Spa, right? like, <laughs> you're absolutely right, therapist. I need more days at the spa. And you know what? When I give that to myself. Yeah. You know, even now I like I joined a very bougie gym or I do my yoga. I sit in the, uh, the steam room and the sauna and the hot tub. And I have this whole spa routine, spa circuit, I call it. And that is how I reset myself after hard client calls, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I continue to give and give and give and give love and do all these things is because I know how to take care of myself afterwards. And the taking care of myself is mandatory for my Mm -hmm. job. And blocking my calendar from calls on Mondays, that is mandatory for me to live my life and my job and feel good about the work that I do. And so you get to create this for yourself, you know, whatever that looks like, but sometimes it is boundaries. Even when you're living your dream, you, there's pieces that you don't like, like, I really don't want to do accounting, even though my accountant makes me answer questions and stuff. I'm like, can you just take care of it for me or whatever? Um, Yes, I have to do technology things. That's not my strong suit, but also I get to say when I work, how I will work and it works. That's my zone of genius and it works best for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's not sitting in an office from nine to five, like it used to be, which never made sense to me, even when I was bored there and I had piles of laundry that I could be doing at home. Right. Or right. I wanted to get to my kid's game that started at four and I wouldn't get home until six 30, which mm-hmm. it felt right to me. Right. Right. And it's just that line. I have it actually on um, my dry erase board in my gym, in my garage, but it says, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. And that is not my quote. I totally stole it from someone. If you are out there saying it's yours. Yeah. (laughs) It is Heather Lowe. Um, That Abraham Lee. Is it? No. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like if we really look at that, I think that's a great place to start, you know, and we're going to wrap this up. But I mean, just, just ask yourself those hard questions. 
you know, and it could be something like, you know, as you're going through the drive-thru, if food is an issue, you know, okay, if I'm not changing this, this is what I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's that glass of wine, if it's that job, if it's that toxic relationship, you fill in the blank. But if you are not changing it, you are choosing it. And it could be keeping you away from your purpose. It could be dimming your light. So if I think you take anything from this call, I would just like you to just start to listen, start to be, start to be aware, you know, and, and realize that you are meant to do big things. Huge. Yeah. Go do them. It's a disservice to the world to not be listening to that to not be listening to that big offering that you have and get started. And anytime you start something, you're pretty bad at it, including sobriety, right? Like I'm sure many of us had more than one day one when we started trying. So it's okay to start clumsy. It's okay to start bad. It's okay to um, make mistakes or be unsure, not know the next answer, not know everything. Um, That prevented me actually, because I didn't know everything. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you learn by doing you learn by doing, not by reading and researching and whatever you learn by actually doing. So go ahead and get started. Take the next step in a small way, right? Pay attention. And once you know, you can't unknow. So move forward with that thought and whatever little step that might mean for you today, I also encourage you to do it. Make a new choice. Yeah. I love it. Heather, thank you so much. I could talk to you for hours. I love this so much. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, I will have all of your links and how to get in contact in the show notes, but what's the easiest way for they to, or for them to find you? Yeah. Ditch the drink, my website, ditch the drink.com. Um, there's a free sober secrets guide. If you sign up for that, even if you don't need it, you'll be, um, have an opt-in for my weekly newsletter. So I send a weekly newsletter full of information, resources, and all that good stuff. So you know what's going on here. You can follow me on um, social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all is ditch the drink. And I'm always open to schedule calls, complimentary calls, whether you want to become a coach or you want a coach, or um, I love connecting with people and helping them along their path. So um, feel free to connect with me in all those ways. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. This was so fun. Thank you again for being here. All right. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with me. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Grateful for this message and want more? Head on over to decidedlydry.substack.com. There you will find all of my writing, a library of past episodes, and an option to subscribe. That gives you access to many, many more tools for not only your sober journey, but for all areas of your amazing life. It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.